is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Just for you pickers, episode 28, series 7 of the sounding board. Now, I thought I'd seen it all in 2022 when you, Craig Hutchison, went down the warming path. I thought that was the most audacious exercise I had ever seen, certainly within the confines of 2022, when you appeared on Don't Shoot the Messenger as part of the overall warming process. I think there's been a trumping warming this week. Good morning to you, Damo. Who do you refer to? Matthew Guy, oh. <laughs> state opposition leader here in Victoria, wants to be known as Matt. Yes. Warm Matt. <laughs> I was actually going to start there too, by the way, even though we'll get to footy in a moment. Yes, I was going to call, start to call you Dame. <laughs> Dame Barrett. I used to get Dame way, way, way back in, Dame in primary school. It hasn't, hasn't stuck that one. Has a more authoritative tone to it. It's a more <laughs> revered sort of status. And it might just be the image shift that you need. <laughs> it's the shortening of the name to Dame. Did a few things. Well, you you told us as part of your warming process that from here on in you need to be just and we did anyway. Just yep. call you Hutchy. So you, you wanted that to become universal. You know, you didn't want any Craig Hutchinson, as some people call you, or Craig. You just wanted Hutchy. Well, Matt Guy's fascinating, is it? So this is what's happened. You know, in politics, there's always some new spin doctor comes in, and obviously Mitch. Well, he's had a few. Mitch has been uh, had to step down, and so he said to bring the new guy in. <laughs> And day one, you can imagine. He's had a few, Archie. What about the meeting on the first day? Listen, you need to make your mark around here. So I'm going to give you 48 hours. I want you to come back to me on Wednesday, and I want you to present exactly what we're going to do about how we get elected, because at the moment we look unelectable on integrity. Okay, all right, 48 hours. Are we going to focus group going? He's pulled in 35 people off the street. What do you think? How do you view Matthew? How do you feel he's perceived? Where do you sit on integrity? All, and, and the what, light bulb went off? There's a consultancy have been called in. They've said... It's a bit tough for us. We might grab another consultancy we know, and there's a third-party consultancy that comes in to support them. Then yep. there's an advisory board set up. Yep. And in the space of 48 hours, Matt sits, Matthew Guy comes back in, he sits down, he says, right, 48 hours of intense research. And the new guy goes, got it. We've nailed it. <laughs> got it. We're, From here looked, on. Here on in. every angle on how to get elected, <laughs> and we've decided to go right to the heart of the issue. Matthew sounds too biblical. <laughs> From now on, you need to be more relatable, and you are now known as Matt. <laughs> Matt, not even, not even my friends. Doesn't matter. We'll go ring all your old school friends and say you were called that back in the day if they ever get asked by Juno. Would they have considered Matty? Unelectable Matty. <laughs> Matt is a, is a bridge between... A lot of Matt's... I know of Matty. And then he went home that night, Matt Guy, and he went, I've got to tell you, this new guy, he's had an impact around the place already, day three. <laughs> Well, the new, well PR, the, new PR guy. The, 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 I'm now the, Matt, honey. Three of the previous old guys that didn't last too long, Hutchie, with emails flying around, with all sorts of... Um, well, you mentioned that over, over the Labor Party, Dan Andrews going, get a load of this one. <laughs> He's now Matt. Hang on, this he can't can... talk because he used to be Daniel. And, uh, yeah, I was, so, I, was, I was leading there. That, that's, a, that's a joke. Is everyone's going to fall for that? And then the PR guy goes... That's what we did with you, Dan. <laughs> that was a release. Daniel, we thought we shortened you to Dan. Remember that? And work for you back at. Oh, that, oh, yeah, but that was. Oh, that didn't really happen. Because that's really worked. <laughs> he, he's the warmest pe- person we know in, uh, anyway, in Australia. Dame. Dame. No, that, yep. that, that doesn't work. <laughs> Actually, I haven't been able to walk through Melbourne this week without someone mentioning the word doorstop oh, to me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, I don't know how you, this happened. What a. 
So doorstop, for those who may be new to this show, we're fascinated by, or you are anyway, Hachi, the doorstop. And it's a media turn. It's when a, a person of profile has a microphone and often a camera thrust beneath them when they least expect it. Yep. Uh, asking that person for a comment. Nathan Buckley hates the doorstop. I think that was the origins of our conversations about the doorstop. You are the doorstop expert. You, well, you, you have had 25 years of doorstop I didn't mean expertise. To, I didn't mean to end up here as the alumni for the doorstop Hall of Fame, and nor have I ever celebrated the art. I've just merely offered comment now I'm long retired from the doorstop. On others. And, and you give technique. Advice to, Twitter, to Mitch Cleary and my, others? My Twitter feed has been blowing up. <laughs> well, so's mine because they're tagging me in too. <laughs> and I'm being treated like, I feel a bit like Will Ferrell's character in Wedding Crashes when they, they've forgotten how to crash weddings and then they went back to the original guy and he was sitting there. Remember when he was with his mum in the dressing gown? That's what I feel like when it comes to doorstops. They've dug out the old guy gone, what happened back in the day? Anyway, so since I've been Miss... Cast in this role. No, no, I mean, Miles and Bracer per- Perfectly for cast, I would say. So let's, first of all, we acknowledge what Essendon and Ben Rutten are going through, and we're not here to to, to, to laugh about that or through that, and we leave, park that to the side. But I, I do want to address the doorstop. Component. Nature, yeah. Component of yesterday. It was it was a big doorstop day, right? <laughs> it was a type of day that gets the very seldom doorstoppers off the couch. <laughs> and you know there's going to be a duke out. There's guns at 20 paces at the doorstop at Essendon. Yeah. And so this is how I saw the doorstop since it happened. And again, I don't celebrate and acknowledge it, and I'm thinking about it. you've said all that. Just yeah. get on with it. First of all, nine sent a couple in. So that was oh, – I thought it was a two-person job. So those that only sent <laughs> Because one. you need to cover both entrances. Yeah, well, or, two, the two or entrances the, is key. Sometimes two people's not enough for a doorstop. Two, two entrances is key. Um, you know, you've got to feel for the Channel 10s who can only ever send one. Resource light on a day like that hurts. Rob Borders was Rob down. Did down his a, best. Down a soldier. Did his best. He, look, he had to play a size up. He was caught out of position. He was caught in the front. He was worried about hitting the cameraman. I wouldn't be worried about hitting the 10 cameraman. They don't leave. They stay there anyway. So that's <laughs> – Rob was out of position. We'll come to TJ in a minute because that's <laughs> – it can't be avoided. Ayrton Woolley, it must be said – a very good inside player when it comes to doorstop. There's inside player doorstops and there's outside players. We know Mitch is trying an outside player, trying to become an inside player. Ayrton was framed in. Well, he got framed in. And I think he had an affinity with the camera because I reckon the cameraman said, don't need to ask, mate, I'll frame you in. <laughs> and, I, and the cameraman was motivated to frame TJ out, I We're feel. We're talking when Xavier Campbell, the chief executive yep. officer, left the footy club. I, I think there was a an awareness that he was about to walk out, Hutchie. I think they all knew he was coming. Well, TJ was manning the front door by the looks of it, and Ayrton had gone to the right spot. And Ayrton had gone to the spot where, A, he was a better chance, and B, like, TJ didn't put up a fight because it required effort. <laughs> so Ayrton's in the right spot. He's a good inside player at doorstops. He, he found himself in the right position, side by side, reflective on the camera. He had a motivated camera who probably didn't want to frame TJ in because, no disrespect to TJ, but the higher the profile you are, the less motivated the cameraman is to help you, <laughs> in my experience. It, that's true. <laughs> Natalie Ioannidis from Seven did a oh, magnificent job. God, didn't she walk into the ran, bollard? Ran into a fire hydrant. This <laughs> is how silly the world's got. There's a fire hydrant association who tweeted about it <laughs> yesterday. That's how silly the world's got. I thought, and then recovered effort. Yep. Um, what I find with Nine, ahead of Seven, is they've got the best camera. Like, the cameramen are like umpires. You've got to learn to walk backwards at the right pace. And Nine have got a very good camera crew of backwalkers. <laughs> backwalkers. And obviously, it had an affinity with the camera and was well looked after. <laughs> TJ, out of position, yeah. in a puffer jacket, and I think at that I point... I think it was green too, wasn't it? I think at that point, 
you, you let the parade go past. <laughs> because if you come in late with a question after the after the music stopped, you run the risk of being the what about me guy in the corner. And that's what that's how TJ came across yesterday. The what about me guy. And I wonder where this like now here's my other question. Where was Tom and where was Mitch? This was the doorstop opportunity of a year of a lifetime. Do they think they're above the doorstop when there's other people at the doorstop? Are they just exclusive doorstop operators? Do they need to be where no one else is? Because this is the phase well, and the stage of a journalist. I'll give, you, I'll give you my prediction. I reckon they were they they and I I've been this guy myself. They've gone. Everyone's at Windy Hill. Oh, I think they would have done that. Everyone's at the hangar. Why don't I go to Brash's office? And you go to uh, Barham's office, yep, because there's a better chance of a competitive advantage. Or there. James Henderson's office, or, manager or, of Ellis Clarkson. Probably be, that would be the yeah. Yep. So they've they rolled the dice on the venue, not knowing it, and they you know, look they missed the action. And the mindset of a doorstopper as you are would would think like that. You you, you wouldn't have been where the group was yesterday. You no, you, were, you were never where the group I, was. I would have missed um, the action yesterday, the yep. doorstop action. Yep, I'd have been trying to create the edge somewhere. Mind you, if I was there though. I probably would have got in a little bit earlier than Tony. Did, but <laughs> they, had, they, <laughs> they had two people on it. They had, they had Lillian Thompson at, at either end. Lillian Thompson. They had the resources to, to outwit the others. But they got it. They had their man front and square. Not only that, we're recording this, as you like to say, at 7.42 on a Tuesday. Yep. Ben Rutten's arrived this morning. Ayrton again framed oh, in. Back up there. First one there yep. in the dark. Yep. And I reckon he's had a fresh suit ready for today <laughs> to back up on his good work yesterday. He got more hang time yesterday. Than he's had for months. It's going to be a long day for him because he would still be doing the the six pm news. Yeah, yeah but he's had hang time, so he, the adrenaline's running. Right, <laughs> you've had, and, and, he's, and he's now got the chance to go and have some breakfast, get the toilet break out of the way because that's the important as a doorstopper, isn't it? When you what, in these moments, the other thing you need is you need, I used to stress about when I'm going to go to the toilet, and if I go to the toilet, what if that guy or girl comes out, the person I've been waiting for for five hours? Well, here's the other thing: you need a cameraman to have your back when you leave. So I had, at Channel 7 days, I had Damien Shine or Damo, who, one of the great back walkers, Damo. He right. could walk backwards at the exact right speed of filming, and he always had my back. If I said, I've got to go and make a call for 20 minutes, he'd go, no worries. I'll make, away you go. <laughs> no worries. But there are cameramen who, if they don't like you, will will down the camera oh, while you're not there. No, that's not fair. And so I think Ayrton's relationship kicked in yesterday because he had affinity with the camo. He got framed in, which he didn't even, I don't even end up ask. You know, you can see Rob, like, trying to build a relationship with his cameraman. While the doorstop's on. Hey, don't forget me. Frame me in. He hasn't been out on the road too often in recent times, Rob. Very good in his day, but like he was rusty. TJ, exceptionally rusty. I did a doorstop with, as you mentioned, Rob Waters. With Rob Waters, we arrived separately. I think it was in relation to Gary Ablett. Must have been returning to Geelong, maybe. And we are both down there knowing meetings were going on. Hutchie, you know my technique was never good. I nearly tripped over the cord because it wasn't remote microphone. Yep. And... The word that begins with F and ends in the letters W I T yep. was was audible on the actual. Oh. I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. It You're was Rob did. No, I think oh. it was one of the cameramen who got oh, caught yeah, up no, in no, the, no, that. That sounds like camera language. Yeah, yeah. and it actually was audible yep. on the. We couldn't use what we had anyway. And, it was nothing. But, Rob, I, but I nearly tripped over the cord. Rob's an exceptional uh, <laughs> presenter and reporter, but don't forget he cut his teeth at the ABC. So the ABC in Tassie. Yeah, so the ABC I met Rob. would much rather have pulled on days like yesterday than to have had sent resources to doorstop <laughs> themselves. So he comes from a pooling background. 
Even the, even the sort of guy to ring around in the morning saying, we all pooling today? TJ's had a big day because he's, uh, as I was driving in here today after having done um, Does he go again today AFL or? Daily yeah. uh, this morning, I was driving in listening to your station on the on the way through. SCN. There was an ad break on Triple M, so I'd switched across to SEN. And uh, there was uh, Tim, Tim Watson giving, having a nice old crack at, uh, at my man TJ. Yeah, it's, on days like yesterday, there is it, – it's uh, – it's a different pool of people covering the story, right? There's the footy journalists, and then there's also, you know, uh, political commentators and others who have a, have a view on the day. So it was fascinating, um, and and rather sad in at the end of the day. But it's footy's a, a brutal business; you can't can't back away from it. Um, your your Verity score, such as part of this warming process, which you have embarked upon when you appeared on, as I said off the top of our show today. Don't shoot the messenger. The the warming of of, of your image and everything. Your Verity score has absolutely gone through the stratosphere and at the Herald Sun there because whatever you say now, you just picked up as Hutchie in, in headlines. And uh, your comments off the very top of our show last week regarding Sam McClure's situation where the edict that had just been delivered at the Age newspaper had resulted in him stepping aside from uh, a career that he'd had at the Age because of uh, that particular... Uh, mandate that that he, amongst other people at the age, was not would not be allowed to read any form of commercial ad on a broadcast situation, which he actually does and has done for a long time for a living. And as the AFMA president, I'm sure you'd have been furiously writing letters about this on Wednesday to to act upon it and to make sure that we get some clear rules going forward <laughs> to protect your um, colleagues. So, how have you acted? How quickly did you act afterwards? <laughs> When did the board meet? Well, what, I, what the reason I raised this topic or was the night. The reason I still... raised this topic was within within I reckon fifteen minutes of leaving this studio last week. Obviously, Jane then um, packages it up to, for release. I reckon within within an hour of of us leaving the studio last week, Harold Sun had their headline. You didn't. Uh, I only found out that, later. That was your. That was your. You rang. You rang Sam to check. You didn't actually believe my story. No, I told you. You rang I, him on the way out. I told you on air I was going to ring him when we yeah, finished. You rang him on the way out to see I if I was right. I rang him as a mate to say, I, I actually <laughs> told you, you on air. What my stories for? No, 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 it wasn't to check on your story. It was to say you're going, going okay. I went to New Zealand. I was on the plane yeah, an, hour, yeah. an hour after yeah. I left the studio. There was radio silence. I was I texting off, you and I like, <laughs> got off the plane and it was like, gee, we would have thought a coach had gone. So do you think your Verity score has gone up on the on the back of, of everything here? I, I think it's variable. Did, did Media Watch try and claim it as a scalp. I mean, they, they tag themselves in. There, there was a social media posting from the no, advertiser, which is obviously a, did. a connection with the Herald Sun. And then later in the day, under the Media Watch handle on Twitter, yep. they've I, just done that quotation with dot, dot, dot. Uh, McClure had resigned from the age over new guidelines that prevented all staff from reading sponsor credits on live radio. And that's all they tweeted with the with the link to the story that you had basically yep. generated on well, News Limited Publications. Were, were they... Yeah, is it I'm, a claiming of the scalp because well, this, of what they did to Sam? Yeah, on, I'm, on I'm uncomfortable Watch? about two things here. One, that they're claiming it. And two, that quote, McClure has resigned from the age over new guidelines and presented, prevented all staff from reading sponsor credits live on radio, which is their tweet. They have failed to attribute the story. And in journalism, that is wrong. <laughs> There's no attribution. And I'm telling you what, I'm contacting Media Watch about this. Ooh. Because if they find out, Media Watch find out, that someone hasn't attributed the quote, <laughs> yeah. they'll be looking into this quickly. <laughs> so I'm putting you on notice, Media Watch, that if you don't start crediting stories, I'll be contacting Media Watch. But, but did, am I right? Am I, or am I reading too much into it? They're taking a bit of what they would think glee. And not that Sam has made a decision to not be beholden to those rules. No, no. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. And, and now I think, as I said last week, it will free Sam up to be better than he already is, and he's extraordinarily good. Well, he's already broken a story on there since, hasn't he? Did you notice that last week? 
on at the age. Did you miss that one? Which one was that? Sports Day broke a story last week. What was it? I was away, but I noticed it online. It was, oh, Brody Grundy had already met with Melbourne. Oh, is that his story? That was on Sports Day. Ah. Do you think oh. that's in the age a week earlier? Probably. Ooh. That's his, prefer- that's his platform now. That's fair enough. Well, he used to coincide the, the, the talking on radio with the miraculous publication of article online at the exact same simultaneous. second. Simultaneous. Yeah. I think the simultaneous days are over. Um, wow, I, I hey, didn't, didn't see that. I didn't really follow this, but I should clean this issue up because it got covered by the Herald Sun. Um, the images of Peter Dutton eating a Dagwood dog <laughs> at a event. <laughs> yeah. The my Twitter feed started blowing up with people saying, "Ask Damo what his brother's thinking, thinking this is, you know, a good warming shot." I think Jane thought the same thing, Hutchie. She circulated it amongst our group. Uh, food in public on a good day is a, is a bad idea. No, there's never been a good shot of food ever taken by anyone ever about anyone who's, who's think eating if it. There, if there was one, but I think you're right. Yep. So when you talk to your brother next, because you're part of the Dutton group now, the advisory. Oh, am I? How are you going to review this? How are you going to review this? Well, you, I might have to have a word to him, actually. You, just no food. This just is just I, a blanket ban on I'm food. I'm going to give you a little ban list. Yeah. Part of the warming. You ready? Yep. Is, is this specific to, to Peter Dutton or yes. just general yep. politicians? Because there's a difference. Off. You ready? Because there's a whole new layer of detail with Peter Dutton. In the next six months, no food, no beer, no wine, no makeovers, no new clothes. And what about the warming? He's got to warm him somehow. No, he needs six months. See, food, wine, beer, they're warming components, Hachi. This is the issue. No, the the it, beer shot at the local pub in the country town, that's the that's the exhibit A of how to warm politicians. I could not disagree more. In 1992, it was spot on PR-wise. In 2022, we are cynical. We are the most we, – we death ride everybody. Well, what's the 2022 version of having a beer at the pub with the local in the country town? No one's going to take it seriously or genuinely for at least six months. He needs to buy some time. And he's, you know, he's just gone out to bat, Damo. Yep. He needs to play through the Chapel V. Yep. There's no election for a couple just of years. Just push a single here and Between there. Between mid-on and mid-off. Yep. I don't want to see any t- ramps or T20 shots because no one's going to believe he's that type of player anymore. Little, anyway. little note, an old-fashioned risky v. cover drive. Yep. Yeah. So go and eat Dagwood dogs, dogs at fairs. Just leave yourself open to ridicule early days. But I think he would have thought, without analysing it too much, Peter, yep. that, that that would be a good look if he was snap. That, hey, look at me. I'm having one of these things with you. I'm one By of the you. way, the Victorian Liberal Party have been involved on the back of that. I think Pete would be a better moniker for him. <laughs> yeah. Pete Dutton. Well, I think they've also workshopped Hutchie. Dutts. Dutts. Dutsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it early. We're going to go to uh, Spin City right what? now. What? Yep, we're doing Spin City. Oh, no. On the sounding board, Spin City for Drinkwise. Remember, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. It's been so long since we've done this that Jane didn't even actually... I was as shocked as Jane. She didn't even have the, the pressed, uh, sound effect ready. She was like, pressed, wait a minute. She pressed still in the buttons. system. Like someone purged it. She found the glass jaw audio before she found the Spin City one. Right, now... I, I said I was retired from this. No, you did. You did, but you'll be able to do this one. You will be able to do this one. You're going to be Scott Morrison. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no oh, problems here. It's not anyone, anyone but Scott. <laughs> and, and I want to tackle a story that's way above our um, skill set and even intellect when it's all said and done. How it's been reported, and I wish I had, was it Samantha Maiden, Jane? I'd like to attribute, I'll try and get the right oh, attribution. No there's, a, no, there's a better story behind this if you want to get into it. Yeah. 
Let's do Spin City first, and then we'll actually talk about how this came to be. Okay. Well, yeah. let's do Spin City. I'll, we'll, I'll hopefully get the right attribution by the time I finish. It's a book. But, that's, that's where I'm going. Uh, and the revelations were that Scott Morrison had secretly appointed himself as Health, Finance and Resources Minister during his time of Prime Minister in the most recent um, period of uh, Australian government history. So, Hachi... You asked Scott Morrison for the purposes of this Spin City exercise today. Hello, Damo. My regards to your brother. Yeah. It's Dame now, by the way. How's Tony going? I haven't seen him for a while. Tony. Tony Abbott, how is he? Yeah. Um, must all catch up for a barbie. No, he's stuff. working with Dutch now. Uh, now, right, now, it's been okay. reported that, that you had sought and, and were given access to the portfolios, as well as being Prime Minister, of health, finance and, and resources. I want to just get to the health and finance issues first. How and why? Well, Damon, as you know, former Prime Ministers are not known for wading in on modern issues, and I did, when I left the stage on that night, assure the current Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, that I wouldn't be one of those highly quoted ex-Prime Ministers. So I don't wish to speak specifically to the those suggestions that have emerged. What I would say more broadly and generally is this. In March of 2020, Australia was in a pandemic, a very, very serious situation. We had emergency powers enacted, not only at a federal level, but at a state level, And there was mass uncertainty in the community about how severe this health issue might be and the effect on the economy. And I would think that all Australians wanted clarity and leadership at that time to know that enough people, someone, was at the helm of their health and their financial matters. So without addressing the specific question, I would say more broadly that they were extraordinary times which called for extraordinary measures. There's so many answers you've just given there which require more questions. But I want to go to the core of Australian political systems the Westminster system of government. Where does it fit in to that? The Westminster system of government is a system that our politics has been built on for a long time. It has stood the test of time in Australian politics, and I'd like to say we have one of the greatest democracies in the world. What these systems don't always allow for, Damien, is extraordinary times and extraordinary circumstances. I want you to cast your mind back to March 2020. We didn't know if everyone was going to be affected, how serious this was going to be, We had shops shutting down. We had businesses shutting down. We had people that couldn't pay their wages, their rent, their mortgages. Those things were not planned. I won't cut in here, Mr. Minister. Hang on. You you asked me the question. You asked me on the program. Let me answer the question. Those situations situations were not accounted for in a perfect world. And in an imperfect time, we need leadership. And we also need a second and third layer of safeguard against the two fundamental things. What makes you think you are the only person who could do this is my point. Well, Damien... At the end of the day, the buck, the buck stops with someone. And as we saw around the world, with premiers taking on more power and emergency powers, and indeed in Victoria, they've continued to this very day, Damien. We need leaders and people who have greater scope and authority at these times. We don't like it. We Your skill get... set's highly questionable as, as anything, let alone a person who runs the country as Prime Minister and Health, Finance and Resources Minister. Well, Damien, it's a different thing between actually acting upon powers you have or having them in the first place. I would like to think that Australians and Victorians and New South Welsh men and women and Queenslanders wanted to know that their governments, their leaders, in the act of sickness, in the act of financial ruin, had people that had their back. And we were not in a situation, Damien, with distance and with the tyranny it, of social distance. I would put it to you hang on, yet again. No, hang on, Damien. It was hang on, Damien. a scomo hang on, Damien. hang on. We were in a situation where people were isolating. They weren't allowed out of their homes for 14 days. We were in quarantine situations. We were trying to meet on Zoom and Teams. It wasn't always practical at that time to have people's health and safety and financial security. I'll make this the final one. Your abilities as a politician were highly questionable to begin with. What 
in God's name, made you think you could actually run separate portfolios? Well, Damien, again, I don't wish to address the allegations that have surfaced in this book or the suggestions specifically because it was a complicated time in Australian life. All I would say is this. I did what I felt was in the right national interest to protect us against things that could go wrong. Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll get the health and finance to a point. I'll actually concede that. But but resources during a pandemic? Well, again, not to address... What rort were you pulling there? Not to address resources specifically around the minister. No, no, I'm asking you specifically about resources. But more broadly, as a broad brush observation, Damien, I would say this. Australia's resources are its most national treasured asset. It's the only reason it was our money insurance the policy against economic ruin. We had a complicated resources situation. We've got a mining magnate in Queensland in court challenging a flamboyant and highly outspoken and individualistic premier in Western Australia. Mm. I would like to think Australians wanted an adult in the room to protect them against their national interests at all times. And an insurance policy yeah, in they, these... They did. And they did want an adult in the room, not and you. the Australian public would, ex- would expect of its leaders an insurance policy for things going entirely wrong in situations. We did not want to get to a situation, Damien, where on the last day when we had something to do and quickly and urgently on the three things that are fundamental to our well-being, safety and future in health, finance and resources... Mm. To have no ability access to, to get something done because we're in quarantine. All right. All right. Spin City over. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> Seriously. What was he thinking? Now, give me, just give me your 30 second answer. That's a tough one. Now, <laughs> I want to move gear on this for a, minute, for a minute. Before we move off it, though, you want to move right off the topic of, of uh, SCOMO? No, I'm not. Because I, I want to get to the Attorney General's involvement I'll, in I'll this. Cut, well, can we just park that, for, park that for one second? There's a nice link to this because. All right. No. These. Suggestions of ScoMo taking on the Health, Finance and Resources Minister secretly and running a shadow government, a secret government, yeah. are in a new book, Plagued, by Simon Benson. Plagued? And, Plagued. and Jeff Chalmers, yep. published by News. Right? Yep. A new book, Plagued, by Simon Benson and Jeff Chalmers. Now, I might ask Jane in real time to check for me that this is a news-limited publication, this book. <laughs> Lots of work for you. Because if it isn't... There might be some heavy editing to do the podcast <laughs> a little bit afterwards. But I think I'd it like is. I'd to tighten up that Spin City, too, Joe. I think it is. So my question to Simon Benson and to Jeff Chalmers. Yes. And to to the, to the those that have published the book. Yep. Is if you knew about this all the way along. How is it not a I, new I know story? those names. They're, they're, they're political beat reporters for organisations. Well, Australian's political editor is Simon Benson, correct me if I'm yep, wrong. Yeah, okay. Yep, is that right? So he then uses key... We've discussed this topic before, as in do you quarantine information you glean on the beat for use in a, in a private business project, i.e. a book, or do you go with it as a journalist re- well, working for an organisation? We've discussed this topic. My questions to Simon and Jeff are as follows. Um, did you learn about these this secret minister... Um, the secret portfolios, yep. after the election or before? If you learned about it before, did you not think it was a news story in the national interest that the public should know going into an election? I think it's an extraordinary story. In all honesty, I, I, I was genuinely blown away when I read it. That's a front-page story on any time of the election cycle. It, it's extraordinary. Did you decide to keep that information back for a book because it... It carried better weight in a book. I know what you'd do if you were in that situation. You would have absolutely held it back for the book. Did your publisher ask you to hold it back for the book? There's a whole bunch of questions that I reckon come with this. Yeah. 
or indeed weren't you on the beat at the time? I'm not. There's a million explanations. They're good for questions, this. and you but can't knock them for doing it the way they've done it. Can you? Well, I don't know the circumstances. If they no. were seconded onto a book, yep. And if, if they're, I don't even know if news are publishing. We just need a little bit more information here. Um, so it's actually being published by an outfit I've never heard of, Hutchie, called Pantera Press, not the heavy metal band, uh, <laughs> whose website says they're sparking imagination, conversation and change. It's a bit of a social purpose publisher. So possibly as far from news corp as you can okay, get. Okay. Well, then if I'm news, hmm. they're in my office today. I'm saying, grab a seat. <laughs> so I'm step us through. Jeff. <laughs> if you're full-time employees for me. I don't even know they are. I've got a million questions here. I shouldn't probably comment too far on this, but they're reasonable questions, aren't they? Don't you think they're reasonable questions? Yeah, they're good questions. questions. They're, they're good. Well, yeah. And there'll be a logical explanation, so we'll let... Um, no, they're good questions. They're good questions. Hachi, I couldn't get off this topic with, with ScoMo because it does involve the Attorney General by the name of David Hurley. Now, Attorney General, normally they're, they're two words that make my eyes glaze over, but yep. this guy, David Hurley, um, has apologised relatively recently for, for actually appearing in a uh, in a photo with a person or, or, or an organisation, a builder, that had completed some work on his own home. Now, he appeared in it. He said it was ad hoc and it was not arranged in advance. He just happened to be there while they were there. It was published publicly after yep. the event. Um, he apologised for it. So that, that, that was one awareness publicly of David Hurley. Obviously, the second ScoMo one. I don't think he's given the, the position uh, the position of Attorney General has been as profiled right now, as it has been for 40 years, Hutchie, because I want to take you back to 1975 when it had a really big profile. Well, may we say, God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor-General. Any time to play that, with Norman Gunston standing alongside Gough Whitlam, Hutchie, on the steps of Federal Parliament in Canberra, the old Federal Parliament building before they built the new one, Prime Minister being axed by the Governor-General. I still reckon it's the most famous quote in Australian politics. You love politics. that quote. You oh, I love it. You got that excited to get it? Anyway. I was a little we, underwhelmed. We might, we might edit it out. We don't, <laughs> we don't edit anything out of this show, but no, no bugger it. We're leaving it in. I'm, so. I'm trying to find more information. <laughs> yeah, you lost. You, you've this, tuned out. On this Australian, like, it's <laughs> extraordinary. You've tuned out. You've tuned out. But I think you've raised some good questions, Hachi. Hey, um, I heard your show was Pickers. that one up for the awards at the end of the year for the Pie Night, Jane. We might end that in the best minute. What? The, <laughs> heard your show with Pickers. Segway, best segue. Oh. <laughs> Most relevant use of audio historical category. <laughs> um, Pickers on Saturday Best morning observation. with your show off the bench. I heard you talking about media managers marching at at certain events. I think you were referring to the most recent Commonwealth. I was. Games. I was referring yeah. to Val Febo, who's a great mate of ours, used to work yeah. for us. Yeah. Marching as the Bowls Australia <laughs> media manager at, at the, the Commonwealth Games. Opening ceremony, wasn't and there it? were athletes that didn't get a gig. Was this at the opening or closing ceremony? Well, it doesn't matter. So do you know of others? Yes, I do. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, for those who don't regularly listen to this podcast, we are a bit fascinated with media managers because they are generally one-time journalists who uh, have tried to get a pay rise at some stage. Or, or, probably, just, no, or just chosen a career change. We're deservative one. Didn't get <laughs> and, it. And probably got a better life for not then, being a journalist. And then got bought out by the subjects of their journalism <laughs> to go and uh, to go and then mismanage 
the journalistic profession. And run cover for the rorts that go on in those organisations. You know, that's all clearly a joke. <laughs> no, no, but it's not. They've been, they've been and, and lie to the profession they once uh, held in. Some, yeah. some of the all best money managers have, have been great journalists as well. In fact, most are. Most are. Yeah. In fact, you don't really get a chance like that unless you've been great at it yourself. Because you, need, you need to know where the questions are. You need to know the tricks. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hello, Brian Walsh. Yeah, but I don't think you, you ever should be mistaken for an athlete. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I would draw the line. Yeah. I would draw the line at... Well, I can add to your story, Hutchie. Okay. So yeah. who do you know of that's a media manager that's yeah. marched in an Olympic Games or Commonwealth Games ceremony? I, I can't. My memory... I'm, I'm going with Athens 2004. I know I was fortunate enough to be there with my mate, Paul Kent, yep. and we covered the opening ceremony. Paul and, Kent. And if it wasn't Athens in 04... I are still going to co-authoring that. I just wanted to drop that name because every time I raise it, you love it. Uh, or it was Sydney, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with Athens. Yep. Kevin Diggerson marched yes. with an Australian team. Oh, no. I'm sure it was Athens. Proudly? Proudly. Did he wear the Australian colours like, yes, he, like the he just participated in them? <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, Kevin Diggerson, uh, long-time Geelong communications boss and, and ran that club and very worked well. And worked in uh, the Olympic profession and Aths. And- yep. And and currently working for the AFLPA. Was he? And getting very antsy about certain reports about the AFLPA. He's, he's embraced the new role. Oh, yeah. But he but he marched. Yeah. Well, he walked. Yeah, he surely he didn't walked. walk. He walked. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't wave, did he? I think there was oh, an arm no, in the air. There was no. an arm in the air. There was an arm in the air. And if it wasn't Athens, it was in certainly the... a official ceremony. I think it was Athens. How many people in the crowd do you think were sitting there going, I just wouldn't mind seeing if I could figure out which one of those is the media manager to give him a wave because I thought his media management's been awesome for the last two weeks. Actually, <laughs> we've somehow got through, what is it, 33 minutes or whatever it is, uh, without talking about the biggest media scrum in, 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 the, in the actual specifics of the story, the Essendon Footy Club story. Yep. We normally don't like to get in too detailed with uh, footy specifics, but we can't not talk about this right now as we speak on this Tuesday morning. So I, my question to you on this was media related. We're going we're gonna to end up with, we're seeing now media presidents. Yep. They're very common. Eddie, JB, Kosh, and now David Barham, who ran, of course, to the one of the biggest influences on the Big Bash at Channel 10. Yeah, and, pr- and prior to that and, and uh, running Channel 10 football when, it, when he got the rights, early 2000s. So what is it about media figures that you feel uh, attracts them to presidency and vice versa? Well, they know the landscape, don't they? To to your point before about these communications people, they they, they know <laughs> they know what gets cut through. I think that's a starting point. They're highly presentable as a rule. Now, D- David David is not necessarily in the bracket of the other three. He's not a front of camera operator. He? He's more yep. behind the scenes media operator, but he certainly knows how it works. And the strings that he has pulled um, have had massive and extensive reach for. The best part of 25 years. Yeah, he's had a big impact on footy and cricket for a long time. No doubt about that. You know, look at footy, he was one of the original, he was the original EP of Optus Vision. Remember that back in the day? Was he yep. far back as there? Yep. Right, okay. Then he was um, talking footy and, yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see how this goes, Damo, but there was clearly a need for change and not many people who were prepared to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um Look, we won't get too bogged down in, in what we think is going to happen, but uh, the entrant of Essendon in the Alistair Clarkson race yep. is the... You don't think they can miss, do um, Again, my opinion is that's where he'll end up. Yep. That's just opinion. Um, it's it certainly created some angst for North Melbourne what who are, had the front running with him. What do they do, North? 
Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a disaster. I'm not defensive of that club, as you know. In fact, I'm aggressively uh, against oh, a lot of the stuff. Oh, softening. No, it's not. You've been caught in for the coffee, and all of a sudden it's no, no, the end of the world for I don't th- I don't think it is the end of the world Have a look at this, Jane. Eight weeks ago. Hey, they missed this. i tell you what. Yeah, it's, oh, well, it's not the end of the world. Hachi, do not this put words. This is the coffee. Do not put words. No, this is the coffee. Do not put speaking. words in my mouth. You, what you're listening to right now Have you seen the last six years of Alicino speak? You've been wooed by the coffee. You need to maintain your independence in these situations. I'm disappointed you went in for the coffee. I am. You don't know. The patch-up coffee It got wasn't you. the patch-up. It's not a patch-up coffee. Not the end of the world of Amos Clarkson. Did you ever think that it came out of, of Damo's mouth? I've actually said that to many people. Oh, I've said that goodness. publicly, Hutchie. Well, okay. He's not the Messiah, Hutchie. Well, what would you do then? I'd go down the experienced path. Who? I'd be ringing Ross Lyon first. If the, the moment you get a, a, a pretty firm, um, I'm thinking about Essendon from Clarko. Lyon one? Lyon one. Who's two? I'd still put Don Pike in the mix. Who's three? I, I know there's a uh, three would be Adam Simpson. Yep. And four? Hinkley. Well, if you're going to throw Hinkley in, um, I, if you're going to put Hinkley in, I'll put him at, at number one. Hinkley's so movable. But it's I, it's I don't easy... know whether he is movable. Oh, because, of course he's movable. Well, how does the man you just mentioned, David Kosh? Way through that, only, only, only. What amazes me with contracts is how, with coaches, is they are never held to them when they choose to leave. They are one-way contracts. They protect the coach, but not the club. They don't even protect the coach that much anymore. So they really don't protect. They get six months, I think. If Ken Hickley, if North went to Ken Hickley and said he's five years, yep, and he's got an uncertain one year to go, well, what's he going to do? There's eighteen of these jobs. Yeah, he's going to take it, and he's going to walk into port and say. I've been offered the job by North Melbourne and I'd like to take it with your blessing. They're not going to say, no, 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 you can't go, Ken. We're going to hold you this last well, year and see how things go. Okay. They're well, going to let him go. You know what you do then? You, you do line up. And I'm not I'm not a gotcha, you know, Hutchie. I, I, I'm not saying I haven't been in the past, but I hate the gotcha. But what you do then, if that he does do that, yeah. you do line up his most recent public commentary about, about his situation. That was, I am not a person to walk away from a contract. That is not who I am. Now, I'm, now that's a paraphrasing of it's basically a, what he said. It's, it's a very easy narrative. And, and how for, do you sell that? People have forgotten in the next day anyway. <laughs> you, you just walk, you say, Hachi, your word and your honour actually means something. I know it doesn't to you sometimes as, when the money trumps it every time. Not as much as your family does. And his job's to his family. Yeah. So if he gets five years at North, he could he would just go back in and say, hey, I've been offered five at North. Yep. If you can give me three or four, I'll stay. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take it. And they would say, you know what? It's probably about time. Let's shake hands. We would have wanted the last year. I reckon they would almost co-author it. I don't think it would be any drama at all. Or they could say, okay, we've had a, we've had a board meeting this afternoon. Here's a three-year counter or a four-year counter, which I don't think they'll do. I think they would just let him go. So that's that's the move for everybody here. If North want Hinkley, it's a very easy thing to get done. Yeah, I think he, he does present as the to yeah. I, I I didn't have him on that list when you asked me because I I am taking at face value what he he and his club yep. said last week when it played out publicly for forty eight hours again for about the fifteenth time in his in his ten years at the club what was going to happen but they they mopped it up pretty well last week I thought both the club and him with what was said it's about it's all it. just like instant spin the move to the next thing it doesn't actually mean anything. None of it means – you have this kind of like, – naive is not the right word, but you have this romantic view in your head that once one, someone said something publicly and they're committed to that position forever. No, it's no, strange. I don't have a romantic view about what they say. No I have a romantic view about there's actually some honour in the game and, and the he would, world, He would be showing no dishonour in the slightest. Yes, he would. In taking a five-year at North. None. No, 
but the dishonour, Hachi, in that aspect is what What do the words mean last week? And, and what do the words mean when he says, I'm going to be at the new... They got to count, they've got to count for something, Hachi. They've got to count for something. I just, we're on a totally different page on this. Yeah. He's entitled. I know, but, but again, you, you come at it from the commercial aspect every single time. Don't worry, there's 18 jobs. That's it. There's 18 jobs that pay six or 700000 or more in senior coaching. And you have an average lifespan of three and a half years probably to do it. Ben Rutten lasted two. Some people are lucky enough to last 10. If you can get 15 years out of that and set your family up for life, you're doing it. And you know what? If Port want to give him five years, he'll stay. He'd prefer them, Port. They're saying to him, we're not certain about you in 12 months from now. Yeah. He's entitled to say, you know what? Someone else is. Get certain or we'll shake hands. Mm. That's fair. There's nothing dishonourable about that. Is, is it possible that the whole transformation of that public narrative about David Koch, um, this time last week, making some pretty big comments, the, the, previous, the, the Monday yep. of last week, uh, about the uncertainty about um, Ken Hinckley and others at the club, and then all by Wednesday night, totally wrapped up with a bow on top, he's our man. Is it possible, Hutchie, that, that his camp sought yep. assurances from North Melbourne that the question wouldn't be coming, and as such, it brought that to a head? Is, is that, oh, is that your theory? Yeah. Wow. But, well, you're, you're now part of the fold, so I'd but t- they, take you on face value. But on they that. might now need to revisit now that, Hutchie, in the tent. if they've been blindsided themselves with what Clarko's about to do. See, things change. Things change. People's opinions change. People react quickly. Only 24 hours ago, Essendon were going to do an external review until they realised that Clarkson was going to be there in a month. And now all of a sudden, we're going to fast track. No. Review done. Let's get Clarkson. No, guess what? It's still going to be an external review. Yeah, it'll be after well, that, the That's what they'll tell us it yeah. is, yeah. Oh, a retrofit. Um, have we got some audio of uh, of our man Tom, have we? Is that- well, just before we leave Port, yeah. I, I think it's about time for David Cost to hand over too, isn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> we want to drop this at well, he, uh, 41 minutes in, do you? Well, he won't be there for – you wouldn't think that much longer, would you? Why do you want to send him off? Well, if they're going to go into a new era, you'd think it's probably I – I can't imagine he would want to hang around much longer. Why not? Well, he's been there a long time, has he? <laughs> he's done a pretty good job. Did a, did like a fant- when, he, when he took it over, the club was uh, North here's Melbourne. My point. I reckon he did a fantastic job early. Like he, he, his place in that history is not dissimilar to Eddie's in Collingwood, right? His transformational period without the flag. Yeah, but the last there hasn't been an enormous amount of you know, like the last seven or eight years, you wouldn't point to fifteen things that he's like. I think he's now a bit, been a bit more ceremonial in recent years. Where's this coming from? Is this a, like a oh, media f- clash you've oh, had with him? Is it? Is no, this, no, is this I, like you being the owner and proprietor of a massive media organisation up against the the big dog of another network? Oh, is it? Oh my goodness! If he wants to stay, I couldn't no skin off my nose at all, Damo. I, I was just asking the question. Seems do, personal, do you think it's you? about time? No, I, I hadn't thought that. I, I think he gives them the clout and the profile that um, they didn't have, and yep. I, I'd be. What I How have many like, more years would you give him? No, I mean, I mean, to your point about the longevity aspect, I mean, Eddie stayed arguably five years too long, maybe eight years too long. But What's the right length of time for a president? There's no such answer to that. But you, as, a, as a rule of thumb? The, the, you know what the perfect time would be to do it? The year after you win a premiership. Never going to get that perfect timing. No, because once you win one, you're going to win a second. Is a decade about right? Oh, that would be the limit on it. Jeff Kennett was trying to say six. Oh, Jeff Kennett just makes up the rules. He's changed the constitution of his club so to that, actually come back on point. it. point. How long has he been president for? Jeff. Or, don't get me started on Jeff. Koshy. Don't get me started on Jeff. Uh, well, years, it, would be, it wouldn't be 15, but it was a whole 2012, 13 era, wasn't it? So I assume so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when Ken Hinckley came in, that, that, that period, so 2012, yep. I, would, I would have thought, Hutchie. Yep. Um, Jane's nodding. We, we do... Is, have you brought this or Jane brought this? This is Tom 
I mean, Tom Brown. Andrew Dillon is now the short price favourite, according to prominent sources, to take over from Gil McLaughlin. <laughs> prominent sources. Prominent sources. I don't know why we're running that. It's the, so, as we've discussed a few times this year, particularly, Hutchie, um, there, there's impeccable Levels. sources. Yep. <laughs> there, there, there is sources known to the club. Prominent sources. Have we heard that one before? Prominent, prominent sources. sources. No. <laughs> that, that, that's not too far below impeccable. Where's you? Where's it rank? We we did rank them once, didn't we, Jane? So Jane's got a lot of work. <laughs> I won't ask to do this one. We we might have to revisit the 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 order of sources. We did do it on an episode uh, this year, Hachi. But impeccable was number one. Impeccable was number one, and we had we had well placed. Well placed was on that uh, that rung um, somewhere as well. Just before we finish, yep. I haven't yet planned this, but I think we should do a grand final week venue. Oh, it's really. Um, if anyone out there would, no, no, hang on, no, no, like to no, have no, us, let's just take this off here. <laughs> we'll do an event in Grand Final Week. If anyone would like to have us, please let us know. Otherwise, we'll <laughs> tell you we're coming. So just simply email whatever it is at whatever it is dot com dot au. That Jane, what's our, what's our email, email address? Whatever it is. <laughs> what's our email address? Uh, f- the sounding board at sen dot com dot au. The sounding board at sen dot com dot au. If you'd like to have us, Grand Final Week. Actually, I'm. And, I'm getting my, my diary's getting full. And in grand final week, I think we should nominate the glass jaw of the year. <laughs> well, actually, we might like save that till the last episode of the year. Yeah. But we should do the doorstop, the, the AFL doorstopper of the year. Yeah. I think we should do that week. <laughs> actually, you, your oh, diary of, would be more full than anyone's I know. You've just added another I know. commitment to oh, it. Oh, speaking of which, I, I bumped into you yesterday in, in our building. <laughs> you, did, yeah. you were leaving a meeting with your manager. <laughs> and I didn't. I reckon if I hadn't seen the two of you shaking hands as I was walking out, I wouldn't. You would have fobbed it off as something else. You were here to visit someone else. Of all the people to bump into in this building, but you, you, you yeah. ran in. I ran into and you, and I was trying to get out quickly because I'd had enough of the day. So, <laughs> so I, and I looked around, and Max Becker wasn't doorstopping you or your manager. He wasn't there in the meeting. So my question is, why, why were you shaking hands with the manager? Just catching up with my manager, Hachi. It was a warm handshake and embrace. And well, you've got a 1,000 people work, working mate. for you, and the one person I bump into on the way out was you. You've uh, looked like one of those sort of, you know, we've done this handshakes. <laughs> no, we did So what are you up to? What are you, what are you up to? What, what achievement warranted that warm, we've done it, handshake? <laughs> plenty, Archie, plenty. Um, we haven't done Question of the Week yet, have we? we, oh, we no, have. we better get to it. Yeah. Yep. On the sounding board, it's our Question of the Week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Grant M on Twitter poses this week's question of the week. With the AFL continuing to roster the least desirable games of the round in this Saturday afternoon slot, how much longer will the radio networks persist with utilising their strongest talent for this shift? Well, I think, Grant, it's the pre-game on Saturday has always been the the kind of where the whips are cracking, and it's where you see all – look, to, let's be honest, all products have got great pre-games on Saturdays. Particularly Triple M's. ABC do a fantastic job. 3AW got a great pre-game product. Triple M's the – And Triple M got a great, king. great yep. pre-game product. Has been for 20 years. As well. So I think it's where the game is blessed to have such great talent across all platforms at that time on a Saturday. It's, it's a good question though, Hutchie, because I, I, get, I, I love the radio call. But, but unless you're in a car, as in the call of the game, Am I wrong in saying that? I mean, everyone's got access now to the vision in some form, don't they, on their on their phones. So the radio call of the game itself, I mean, to, to Grant's point, 
is it something, not not the next rights, but is it maybe the two rights away from here? Is it, is it something that even the radio stations themselves aren't as sold on? I think it's a, a fundamental part of the experience. And, right. and as tech increases and you're seeing products like ours with SEN Stadium and Venue, and like it, it's a great part of you. Whether you're there, you're in the car, you're in the shed, regionally it's huge and our platform's obviously even bigger regionally. So, yeah, I'm a, you'd expect me to say that, but I'm I'm a big advocate for – I think footy on the radio is part of the fabric – and so is cricket, fabric of the country. And it still is, isn't it? I mean, as a kid in, in our era growing up, it's all we had, wasn't it really? Yep. I mean, we didn't have – 3GL <laughs> means football in the city by the bay. 3K, 3GL says up there, cats, because footy's here to stay. And 3KZ <laughs> is football. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I miss around the grounds. Well, you missed around the grounds venues. because there were six games on at the one time. Did you ever do around the grounds? As a broadcaster? Yeah. Not in the radio tool 15 or so years ago, but as a regular, really. So, yeah. no, no. As an around the young around the grounds. Did you do it for 927? Yeah. Did you? Or? I did it for Magic 693, and then I did it for. Who were you working with then? Triple M. I did around the grounds for Triple M. Yeah. The, well, you would, as an around the young around the groundsman with ambition, you would. Barrack for two things. One, a close game. And two, the other game being, a being, bad sh- one? being shorter. Oh, yeah. So if there was an injury break you'd, in your game, you'd be wrapped because you were, you were aiming for it to finish five minutes after the other game <laughs> because there was the off chance they might cross you for the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to happen yeah. once or twice a year, and that was your chance to, to Some great make names your associated with that. Gary yeah. Bryce, remember he was always the yeah, around the, the ground. The size of the around the grounds kit. You used to have to take kit with you. You need to literally be world's strongest man to actually take the kits. Yep. Reminiscing there. All right, that was question of the, the week and that's uh, that's it. We bounced around a few topics here, Hutchie. We're probably a bit loose at times and loose. probably a few conversations that didn't need to be had and a whole lot of boring parts where people can quickly fast forward through our rubbish. Fortunately, people are listening to speech so they wouldn't have even heard it. This has been the sounding board <laughs> for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.